The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him on the other side of the sea while he dismissed the crowds. After doing this, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when he was, it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they replied. And Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come after you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. After making the crossing, they came to the land of Gennesaret. When the men of that place recognized him, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought to him all those who were sick and begged him that he might touch them or have them touch the tassel on his cloak. And as it happened, many were healed. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Not immediately related to the Gospel is that section of Jeremiah. Whenever you read the prophets, you got, you got to read it from the perspective of they really were real people. And they had trouble with God, and yet they were God's emissaries to the people. And they had their own problems, every one of them, Jeremiah, Hosea, Isaiah, they all had problems. But they always relied on God to solve the problem. Now that's basically what's going on here, that God would even save the people of Israel from, from their own selves. Because in, in Israeli thinking, if you sin or you do something wrong, you're really offending God. If you do something wrong civilly, you're offending God, because God and, and, and Israeli thought wound up into one. So I'll leave that over there for a second, and we're going to jump to the sea. A few years ago, when we were in Israel, uh, we went across the, the Sea of Galilee. It's also called Lake Gennesaret. And it was a calm day, so this didn't happen. Although this reading was read while we were on the boat, there was about 20 of us, and while it was floating, someone read the reading, and I think we all gave thanks that it was a calm day, because if this had happened, we would have had to wait, wait for Jesus to come rescue us. So what's going on today? The key words in the scripture, Jesus leaves them and goes to pray after he does his thing with Peter. He goes to pray and he goes to heal. Now I want you to see that first and put that in the background 
as he's already preaching, he's done his deed for the day, and they're out on the boat. Now the storm comes up. And I'd like to invite you to not weather, not waves, not wind, but the storms of our own lives. The storms of our own lives, whether they are family illnesses, death, sickness of any sort, viruses, inconveniences, domestic violence, all the storms of our lives. And, and we have tons of storms, but yet we're still here. We're still here in the, in the, in the house of God because there's something in us that connects the storms of our lives with God. And I think a reading like this really helps us to understand what that is. So the storm comes up and Jesus knows who he is and he's going to rescue. I'm not reading his mind, but the behavior indicates he goes out to rescue his apostles. It's almost as if you and me are there receiving help from God and saying to ourselves, oh, it can't be, he doesn't, he doesn't hear my prayers. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't hear me. I pray for this, this, God doesn't hear me. He's there walking, not that you and I could walk, walk on the water and they're in turmoil and they notice someone walking on the water and they think they're having a terrified attack. It's a ghost. That's the kind of stuff that sometimes really attracts viewers in the movies. The more ghost-like or spook-like you make the subject, the more people are attracted to it. So even then, it's a ghost. Let's get out of here. And it's Jesus. And he identifies himself. And while he's identifying himself and walking closer, walking on the water, the wind, the storm, and all that, walking on the water, Peter... I always, always call Peter the big mouth because he is the big mouth. If it's really you, tell me, call me, and I'll walk with you. I can see Peter saying that. And Jesus has come. He realizes he's walking toward Jesus on the water. And again, put ourselves in that place. When we're going through our turmoil, when we're going through our confusions, when we're going through our angers, when we're going through our pains, we want to pray to Jesus and we say, oh, he's not really here. If he's come, maybe it's just my imagination that he's hearing me. And Jesus says, come, get a clearer picture. And as Peter jumps into the water and starts walking on the water, he realized this is unbelievable. Wind, water, rain, and I'm walking toward Jesus on the water. And he starts, his doubt starts sinking him. That's applicable for all of us. When we doubt, we go down in faith, in holding on to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Typical Jesus, he reaches out. He gives him his own hand and raises him up. That's what's being said in Jeremiah's section, the Old Testament, that God will restore the people of Israel. Hang on, he's gonna do it. And in the New Testament, we have it lived out in the example of the Word made flesh, Jesus. And we're in our confusion, we're in our fear, we're in our depression, whatever the issues are, and Jesus is saying, come, 
and he gives us his hand. We're here today to celebrate the Eucharist because we believe that. And how important it is for us to believe that. That through anything, Jesus reaches out for us and gives us his hand. Go up to the mountain with Jesus. What does he do? He goes to pray. He goes to commune with his Father. And this almost gives him like a shot in the arm to further heal because the power of God is in him. He's already rescued his friends and the mission hasn't ended. He continues to go on to heal more people, but he prays. From Baltimore Catechism, we all learned it. Prayer is the lifting up of our hearts and minds to God. That sounds nice, it sounds poetic even, but it really is true. If we can focus, even in the disasters of our lives, maybe especially during the disasters of our lives, whether they're minor or major, whether they're ours or our families, whether they're worldwide or local, lift up our hearts and minds to God. And he will reach out to us. He calmed the water. I don't know if he miraculously can calm Ukraine. He can. But I don't know if he can go into the hospitals that serve our community and with a word, heal everyone. He can. That's what we pray for. But the higher prayer is to unite our hearts and minds to God, knowing that he will take care of us. The responsorial psalm summarizes it. They talk about Zion. Let's talk about the church. The Lord will build up the church and appear in all of his glory. That's why we're here. We believe that.